Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. Trauma. Now there's a word that conjures up unpleasant images. We think of people experiencing trauma as unfortunate, endangered, and even at death's door. But Dr. Jennings insists that there's a trauma we all face these days from an unlikely source. And I'll let him identify it for us. He joins us today via Skype. Dr. Jennings, what's on your heart today? First, I just want to describe what the trauma response is. Yes. You know, people yeah. who have experienced trauma, soldiers in combat, victims of abuse or assault, will have their brain's fear circuitry, known as the amygdala, mm -hmm. activate and often reset itself to a more sensitive baseline. Mm -hmm. What that means is that after the trauma, people are often more fearful, they startle more easily, they're hypervigilant, they live in a threat assessment mode, often seeing threats where none actually exist. Such a state of increased fear contributes to relationships and social problems, accusations of mistreatment or abuse or attack, even sometimes when none actually occurred. This is a common response to people who've experienced trauma. They're hypersensitive to potential threats. If that makes sense to you. It does. It does. And you're, you're right. People that come back from wars, people who have been in all the accidents, people who have had their houses broken into, there is a trauma there. Or people who were abused as children. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yes. And that's a lot of people. One in three girls are exploited in some way before the age of 20. And they often have this heightened trauma response where they're very hypervigilant. They see threats. They see potential exploitation when it is not necessarily intended. I give the metaphor sometimes of having a really bad sunburn. And when you have a really bad sunburn, what's your reaction when your child jumps on your oh, back to yes, play? Yes, yes, Okay, You scream and you yank them off. Yeah. What's your reaction when your husband gives you a big bear hug? You push him away. Mm -hmm. What's your reaction when you're sitting in the car with your good friends and the, and the bumps in the road jostle them and, and cause them to bump into you. Yeah. You get irritable and push them away. And so the point is when you have a sunburn, touches of play and touches of love, and then of course touches of aggression, everything hurts and you see attacks. You're hurting me. You're hurting me mm -hmm. when people are actually not intending to hurt you, but you feel hurt because you're very raw. People with the trauma response do this in their relationships a lot. They get hurt when there's no hurt intended and they don't necessarily realize that that's the case. And so accusations come and that's what's happening when people have a trauma response that hasn't healed. So let me give you this metaphor, okay? Yes, okay. Imagine a person has a baseline fear of snakes, and then somebody throws a snake on their lap or in their face. Mm -hmm. Immediately they panic, scream, hyperventilate, run, go tell all their friends about this horrible treatment, this wrong that was done to them. They're angry. But later they are told that it was actually a rubber snake, not a real snake. Mm -hmm. They initially refuse to believe it. They're convinced it was a real snake, but conclusive video evidence documents with certainty that, in fact, it was a rubber snake. They begrudgingly finally admit that that was a rubber snake, but their cognitive acknowledgement of the fact doesn't reduce their apprehension about encountering snakes in the future. In fact, since this same exact experience has happened to them with rubber snakes being thrown at them on more than one occasion, they live in a heightened emotional state in which they feel under increased threat from snakes around every corner. Now, the real problem for these people is actually not from snakes. 
It's from the pranksters who keep throwing rubber snakes at them. That's true. That's true. Okay. Do you see that? Is it very clear? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I see this process happening in America and around the world with the media Hmm. throwing falsehoods, rubber snakes at people that are concocted to induce fear especially into the faces of those who have some life trauma already. And thus their amygdalas react, they react with fear, but they fail to see that the real threat is from the media, not from what the media is throwing in their face. Interesting, interesting. Can you give us a couple specific examples of this, Dr. Jennings? I sure can. The Jussie Smollett hoax. Smollett is a black gay movie star alleged that he was assaulted in Chicago by two white men who yelled racial and homophobic slurs, poured an unknown chemical in his face, tied a rope around his neck and yelled, this is MAGA country. It turned out to be a hoax. In reality, two black men were hired by Smollett to fake the attack. Mm. Yet the media took the story and fanned the flames of racial and homophobic intolerance which they attributed to President Donald Trump and his administration. No doubt this story heightened the fear and anxiety of millions of people of color in the LGBTQ community. Sure. A snake had been thrown in their face, and it was done so repeatedly and intensely by the media who specifically linked it to the Trump administration. Amygdalas across America were activated. Fear increased. The sense of being less safe under the current administration was heightened. Eventually, though— The hoax was exposed, and those traumatized begrudgingly accepted that this episode was a hoax. But their amygdalas didn't calm, and they now live in a state of increased threat assessment, fear, and insecurity, not tied to the media who threw it in their face, but to the Trump administration who actually had nothing to do with it. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. And another example? Nick Sandman and the Covington Catholic students. Most people now know that the truth behind the story was that the students were confronted by activist people of color and remained calm and said nothing in response. However, the media took a biasly edited video of the encounter and created a false narrative that Sandman, in his MAGA hat, verbally abused people of color. This wasn't a single news story, but a media blitz of hate, fear, and insult, again, ultimately suggesting that it had been a hate crime that originated with President Trump. The misrepresentation and falsehood was so egregious that CNN has settled a $275 million lawsuit with Sandman. No doubt this story also caused fear, anxiety, loss of security and safety in millions of people of color. Their amygdalas activated when the snake of Trump's MAGA intolerance was thrown in their face. No doubt they watched the multiple media reports covering the incident, told their friends, reinforced their fears, became even more certain of the dangers of the Trump administration. Yet again, with reluctance, these traumatized people finally admitted that the initial reporting was wrong. Salmon and his friends demonstrated no hostility. Many of people came out publicly, of celebrities and others, and apologized for their initial condemnation of Sandman. But this hostility, the intolerance that was not shown by Sandman, to the black Hebrew Israelites or to the uh, Native American activists. They finally admitted that they didn't do that. But accepting these truths did not calm their amygdalas. They remained frightened by the story. 
They now live in greater fear and threat, and they feel they're less safe in this country, and they attribute that lack of safety to the Trump administration, even though, again, the Trump administration had nothing to do with this, and they don't recognize the real threat is from the prankster, quote, media who keeps throwing this in their face. Now, when you say the media, are you lumping all media into this thing, 100% of them, or, or just some portions of the media? So let me just give you some reports here. In October 2017, NPR reported the following on Pew Research. This is a quote. Fully two-thirds of the news stories about Trump from his first 60 days in office were negative. More than twice the negativity seen in stories in the first 60 days of Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, or Barack Obama. Then in 2008, the Media Research Institute reported 92% of media reporting on Trump was slanted negative, not just with negative stories, but by choosing not to cover anything positive like the improving economy or helping school education in inner cities and so forth. By November 2019, Fox reported that the Media Research Center found 96% of stories on Trump are now negative. So when you have a media that's reporting 96% negative coverage, they're throwing these snakes in people's faces. They're inflaming amygdalas. They're keeping things worked up in order to manipulate people. As Christians, our goal is to be lovers of truth, to act on love, truth, freedom. We should not be quick to accept stories from any side without evidence. We should not embrace propaganda, hysteria. Further, we should have discernment to learn from experience and realize, hey, I have been inflamed in fear and frightened by these stories from the media that have turned out to be false over and over again. There are many more I could give. Those are just two examples. But this process has been going on for several years now. So if you find, I want to to help our, our listeners understand, if you're in this space where you have been frightened, you live in fear, and you'd like to stop living in fear, then I would encourage you to stop watching any news for the next three months. There you go. To spend an hour every day focusing on the life of Christ, God's designs of love, his creation, his methods, his purposes, seeking to enter a personal intimacy with our creator God of love. Because by beholding we are changed, that's called the law of worship. In psychiatry and psychology, they call it modeling. This is why Satan wants to focus people's minds on politics or climate change or various other threats because he wants to inflame our fear. But I encourage people to fix your eyes on Christ, on his methods, on the way he does things. And as we come into closer intimacy with Christ, we experience more love. And as our love circuits in our brain become active, it actually sends a calming signal down to our amygdalas and we have less fear. And then as we come to this base and space in which we love God and trust God, we can dialogue without hostility. We can discuss without enmity. We can disagree without hate. We can love our enemies, do good to those who hate us, pray for those who despitefully use and persecute us, because we are children then of our Father in heaven and not of this world. Mm. Dr. Jennings, we want to be prepared for the real snakes that come into our lives. You've identified how we identify a rubber snake. Uh, We look at experience. We look at uh, evidence. How should we respond then to real snakes that come in? What should be our attitude when we uncover a real snake? So I would ask you, in the stories that I just gave, which are factually 
part of our history now, the Jesse Smollett right. hoax, the, right. the, uh, the Nick Sandman, and how it was handled. Where do you find the snakes in that process? Do you find the snakes in the Trump administration in those examples? I'm not saying there aren't snakes in the Trump administration by any means. I'm talking about those examples yes. are the snakes in the Trump administration. No, in those examples, the snakes are in those who either purported the hoax or reported the yes, hoax. Yes, 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 yes. And then inflamed it and refused to investigate. And think about the Nick Sandman one. The video was available from the beginning and it had to be edited. So if you were any type of credible reporter that uh, wanted to do your job and verify your sources, all you had to do was watch the entire video before you started reporting. A very easy thing for people to do. Why wouldn't they choose to do it? What does that reveal? And so if you want to identify the snakes, then you have to start looking at evidence and stop reacting emotionally to, to stories that seem to validate your preconceived ideas okay. of fear of a certain source. Very good. Okay, so what I hear you saying is that as we face the snakes, the real ones and the rubber ones, we need to really match what we're seeing and what we're hearing to the evidence that's available to us. And we need to spend as much time looking for evidence as we do looking at conclusions. Am I right in saying that? You're exactly right. And there's a big difference between actual evidence and facts and opinion. Yes, yes. Okay. Well, you have given us our marching orders now, Dr. Jennings, and how we should look at the media and what the media says to us, no matter where that media is coming from, no matter what network or newspaper or blog or whatever it is, we need to find the evidence. And Dr. Jennings, there are going to be people who are going to be looking for evidence of what you say, and I've got good news for them. They can find that evidence at www.comeandreason.com. There are books there that are well-qualified. There are blogs and uh, television programs and radio programs, podcasts, lots of good things at commonreason.com. So, listener, I invite you to go there and find the evidence that Dr. Jennings has put forward to everything he says on these programs, commonreason.com. Dr. Jennings, again, thank you so much for sharing with us. Appreciate it. Always great, Charles. Thank you. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music> 